Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about some of the strategies we use to integrate students into our clinical care. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I'm here at Champion PT Performance with our crew, physical therapists, strength coaches. Some of us, not all of us are here, but a good good group of us are here answering your questions. Anything you want to talk about, head to MikeReynolds.com, click on that podcast link, and keep asking away. Let's see, who do we have today? We have Jonah Monlock. Mike Scudetto, Duesh Podell, Dan Pope, Kevin Coughlin, Dave Tilly, and Lenny McCrina. And Lenny, who do we have for students today? We have some amazing students that are with us. Um, and I, I just, it's just, I, I just cherish them. Um, we have a uh, Tara Punk Savath from Kansas, University of Kansas, University of Kansas, the Jayhawks. We have Kaylee Kovac from St. Francis University, Division I basketball player. We have Mac Chavez from University of Central Florida. And last but not least, we have Claire Farley from MIT via Tufts. MIT, MIT, MIT. All of them are from the Phoenix campuses of those individual schools. Has <laughs> <laughs> that not been a recurring theme the last few years? Why is there, well, there's got to be a reason, but we won't, we won't talk about it on the podcast. All right, who's got a question today? I've got the question today. Mark from California is asking, how do you integrate PT students into a patient's care in a way that makes the patient feel comfortable that they are still receiving a high quality of care? Ooh, good question, Mac. I like that. You know, that's a really good question. And that is something we we at Champion, we talk about. And I would say, let's we'll expand on this question a little bit, Mark, too, because we have physical therapy students, but we also have interns with our strength and conditioning coaches in the gym, which is, you know, the same situation, right? It's, and I think what Mark's saying is the dilemma that we all have is like, how do you, couple things, assure quality of care, which I actually think that part's the easiest part. But more importantly is how do you assure that the person in front of you is confident in that quality of care? And I think that's actually the real question here because we all trust and know that our students and interns are going to do a great job. But um, that's a good question, Mark. I like it. All right. Who wants to start? Hmm. All right, Dave. Dave, I, 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 I this is a good balance. one too, because again, Dave, coaches youth right you again yeah you, you you're going to be able to answer we're going to have good answers for this question all right i'll let dave talk sorry i was just excited yeah i and i have mackenzie right now so i feel like she can uh call me out if i'm not right here but i feel like there's a couple things one is that you have to uh over educate the student in advance that like you might just like 
take some L's where like people come to us, particularly out of network, they're paying cash. Like there's going to be some times that you made the nicest, smartest, most wonderful person ever, but the person just literally drove two hours with their son or daughter and doesn't want to see a student. And that's totally okay. But that being said, I think whenever we start with the students, and I think Scaduto also does a great job with this is like trying to get the students educated as fast as possible on like the small treatment based things that really don't take a lot of like super high level skills. So doing a little bit of soft tissue stuff or manual work or coaching someone through exercises, right? Usually you start somebody uh, who's working with the client with something that's a little bit more, you know, basic. And so you do the eval stuff, you do like the hands-on stuff for like getting to know somebody's like range of motion or whatever. And then like you go out in the gym and you're both there and, you know, Mackenzie's helping coach exercises or she's helping uh, through some basic stuff with modalities or whatever. So I think like you just start and like that person can then talk to the patient or the client and like establish rapport. Or, like, what are you in for? Or, like, what's going on? And like, they feel more comfortable the first visit. And then if they come back the second time, you can say like, hey, take the lead and just like uh, catch up with this person and ask how their subjective is and like see how they're doing and are they better or worse and just get them a hot pack or like do a little bit of the basic stuff up front. And then like they can get a little bit more going in, hopefully by you know, if someone's there for an eight to 12 week clinical, you can have a couple patients who feel really comfortable with the person. You have to read the room a bit and know that client is you know, more open to students and just tell them up front. But there's many times when you start with just like literally uh, getting that person a heat pack and just talking to them for five minutes and it becomes like the lead, you know, for the student and you're just there kind of shadowing and that we make a running joke with Mackenzie that there's times I just like fake doing emails or my notes next to the table just to like listen and like be a part of it, but let her kind of be the one making decisions or like what exercises to do, or she'll ask like, what should we do? I was like, I don't know. What do you think we should do? Like just pretend that I'm kind of hanging out here and like, I'll, I'll jump in if needed. But I think you just slowly give like more and more steps each visit and you get like a little pocket of like five patients or clients that they feel more comfortable working with a student. Right. And all right. So Dave, I got a question. for So how do you draw the line or how, how, do, how do you reconcile giving that freedom to Mac with that, but then also having the patient be like, wait a minute, is Dave checking his emails right now? Because <laughs> yeah. that's, the, that's, the, that's the real concern here, right? But oh, so like, well, there's how do you handle thing, that? There's one thing of checking emails like in the other room eating lunch. <laughs> and then there's one thing sitting next to the table and like weighing in and offering thoughts. And like, so yeah, I would say rarely I'm like just like in the bathroom for an hour, you know, like just right. letting it ride. But you're always involved in some way or shape or form. And I think Lenny does a good job of this too, is sometimes like he'll like, start with someone and then like let his student like do stuff and then like he'll like jump in for some range of motion halfway through or like talk about exercises and then circle back so yeah you're never ghosting your patient just sitting there like waiting for them um you're you're trying to stay involved whenever you can i i think that's that's a great way of phrasing it dave and, and articulate that too and i will say like in your example right there with Mackenzie too is like she's she's been here for a while she's been doing a great job that wasn't her first avow with you right and you know one thing we always preach at champion is like we we you know, we're, we're never, I mean, we, I don't think we'll ever do this, but like, we're not the one where the patient, the students get their own caseloads and we just check in at lunch and go over like what you did that day. Like it's to us, it's about, you know, our educational model is you observe, then, then I do, you do, then you do, I do. Right. It's like, it's a sequential thing over there, eight to 12 weeks where, um, you know, it's, it, you know, so we'll do reps of things together. We'll go back and forth on exams together. So that way we're both feeling it. Um, I, I, I think, I think it's been fun. And I will say there's a benefit of that too, by the way, is that the PT and the student tend to talk a lot during that process. And then the patient really there, it's almost like they learn from that experience too. Right. So, but, uh, who else, Dan, I, I think I saw you. Yeah, for sure. Right. I think, um, one of the big ones and Dave already talked about this is you kind of have to choose your patients. Um, and I think Lenny does a really good job of this and me, I've struggled with this a little bit because I don't see students as frequently. 
So what ends up happening is that you'll see a patient one-on-one for a large period of time. Then all of a sudden you have a student. And if you're like, all right, student, jump in, do everything that I used to do. And that patient's like, oh, I don't know if I like that. And that's not a great experience for that patient, obviously. So I think a lot of it is, A, like you have to set an expectation from the get-go. So when the student comes in and starts seeing some of these patients in the diagnosis and you're getting an idea of whether or not the patient enjoys this experience or not, you can start to say, okay, yes, I think that the student would be great to work more one-on-one with this patient, but you may have the opposite experience too. Uh, A champion, we get a lot of referrals. They're coming from other patients. Um, that are coming from other trainers that are very challenging cases that haven't had success in the past with physical therapy. There's a big expectation they're going to actually see the therapists are coming in for. And sometimes it's really just not the best fit to have the student in there right away. Um, but I think over the course of time, you can start to leak in some experiences with the student ends up being a bit better. Um, and going back to what Lenny does, I think he does a great job of this. And I think it's also because he almost always has students all the time, right? I don't think there's ever a period of time where Lenny doesn't have a student around him, but it's very much baked into the experience of champion, right? It's like when you come in, you're going to be working with Lenny as well as a lot of the students, and they're going to collaborate and work together. And from the get-go, basically, that is the experience that people have. So they expect that moving forward, and I think it ends up working really, really well. So I think you have to choose the patients where you think is best and probably set up this experience from the get-go so that folks aren't getting inconsistency in care over the course of their time at Champion. I love it, because that's always the priority, right? Like, you can't you can't screw that part up, Dan. I like that. That's right. So, Kevin, what do you got? Yeah, I think I'll just echo a little bit of what uh, Dave and Dan were saying, because I, I take a lot of the same approaches. Um, but one thing I've found helpful is, like with Claire and when I had Danielle previously, is... I share all the patient notes with them. So they're oriented to what's going on. Uh, and then before the session or before the day, I'll talk to Claire about who's coming in and what things we're working on. And I think early in the clinical, you know, if it's a patient where we're doing specific joint mope techniques or soft tissue techniques or passive range of motion, uh, it's something we practice beforehand. And then when the patient's there, I'll do it first. And then I'll kind of be like, hey, do you mind if Claire feels the shoulder and you know, she can get an idea of what's going on as well. And they're usually open to that. Um, And that's kind of how it integrates with patients we're already seeing. And then, and I think like Dave and Dan were talking about when you have a new patient eval, uh, you just ask the person, is it okay? You know, so my student, is it okay if they kind of hang out and try to figure out what's going on with your back so we can come up with a plan together? Uh, And they're almost always open to that. And, you know, there are some people that will say, um, you know, I really prefer to work with a therapist, but I haven't had that in my experience. I think kind of like Dan was saying, it is interesting. Like it does vary therapist to therapist. Like obviously there are a lot of patients that come in and they want to see Dan or a lot of gymnasts want to see Dave or a lot of people want to see, you know, Mike and Lenny. Um, I think the population I work with, they're a little more open to seeing, you know, kind of anybody, as long as they feel like the care that they're getting is, is great. And I think that's, you know, kind of a benefit of working a champion is the system we've built is we're all doing similar things and people will uh, be receptive to that. Yeah, good stuff, Kevin. I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I, I'll i say too, like, like we deal with like a lot of like professional athletes, high level people, right? And our students work with them and they, it works, right? Like we don't, we never have anybody complain, right? It's actually kind of scary if uh, somebody does complain. 
<laughs> you're like, oh, like that's that's a tough patient sometimes that, that's like that, right? But like, it, I think it comes down to the, the therapist to make sure that again, coming back to the very beginning of this, that the, that the, they feel comfortable that they are getting great care and that the student is part of uh, assisting us, right? But that like, you're still the one making some judgments and some calls with some questions, but they know that it's a comfortable experience and, and it's pretty good. But um, Dan? Yeah, just really quick. I, I really want to say, and Mike Scaduto said this in the past, um, uh, oftentimes patients end up loving the students and it's a very synergistic thing. So usually I think the experience with the student and the therapist could be even better than just the therapist alone. So I think that for maybe the, you know, the students or the, the therapists out there, they're scared of, you know, integrating the students and diminishing their quality of care. I think it can actually go up if you do it well. So don't be afraid to use students and to improve care with that. So that's that's awesome. I love it. Who would have thought we get to the point where we're quoting Mike Scaduto here on the podcast? I mean, is that amazing? But uh, that being said, Mike, I do want to hear from you, Mike. You're obviously you were a student at, at Champion like ten years ago now, but like. Uh, more importantly, I think you've done a great job embracing a lot of the students and doing a lot of work with them here with us at Champion. Just wanted to get your thoughts on this too. So yeah, I was going to go from a slightly different perspective. I think you know, as as a CI, uh, you really have to get to know your student. I think from the very get go, you have to know their strengths, you know, and their areas of development. You want to set that student up for success. So your first interaction uh, with between your your student and the patient. Um, I think that needs to be a very positive experience for both parties involved. I think the student needs to feel comfortable with what you're asking them to do. The, the patient needs to feel like that, that student is confident in what you're asking them to do. So there'll be some, uh, some students that come in with more manual therapy experience um, and some students that come in with less manual therapy experience. So I think, you know, if, if the student comes in with less experience, your first interaction between the, the student and the patient, you're probably not going to have them do manual therapy. Maybe it's a good time for them to coach them on exercise technique um, or take them out in the gym and, and run them through some exercise and let them build rapport through there. So I think, you know, overall, you, you have to keep the, the student's confidence level in mind when you're introducing a, a student and a patient. You want that to be a successful kind of partnership, uh, you know, going both directions um, so that the student feels confident working with that, that patient and you're not taking them out of their comfort zone you know, off the get go. Awesome. Yeah. I like that, Mike. And it, you know what word I like most out of this is confident. They had to, when, when somebody, if, when a patient comes to us and they can detect that maybe there's a lack of confidence or something, that's going to be very destructive, destructive for their building of trust and saying like, all right, like, do I think that this plan that they're outlining is going to help me specifically? Right. And it's all about that. So you know, good example, like Kaylee and I did an evaluation yesterday and beforehand I was like prepping her, like as we're doing other stuff, I'm like, all right, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And and now I'm telling her about our secrets behind the scenes here, but there are no right or wrong answers when I was asking her those. She could have said anything, right? All I wanted her to do was to think ahead about what she was going to do. So that way she would go into the evaluation prepared, right or wrong. It doesn't really matter. There's a million things we can do, but she was prepared. Right. And then I think the other thing, too, is like any time that you sense that there's a stall in the process with the students or like maybe there's a little like you can you can almost sense the students like, hmm, I don't know where to go next. That's where we have to jump in seamlessly and keep going, but also not steamroll that conversation. You have to, you know, get it get back on track. But then that's where we always try to say, like, 
okay, what else? What else should we look at? Right. And it's like you give everybody like a moment to take a step back, take a deep breath and get back on track. Because if you're just, if we're just standing there and saying, mm, what should we do next? Right. That's not a good experience for that person. So, um, all right, before we move on, I do, I want to get, um, some comments from Jonah and from Duesh on this, because we also have strength and conditioning interns. And I think what's really unique with the strength and conditioning interns with us that I think would be a helpful conversation too, is that they come in and we've had some people like training with us, for example, like for like years, like a decade, right? And there, and all of a sudden there's a new uh, strength intern. So I, how do you guys handle that? And how do you get that interaction with them to, to benefit? So Jonah, why don't you start off? I think a big thing I would say with that is that uh, interns can come into it knowing that they're not expected to know everything. They're not the first intern, they're the 12th intern that this client's met. Uh, so it's okay to say, I'm not sure on this one and check in with a coach. Uh, and I think that their goal should be building confidence over their 12 weeks or 16 weeks, whatever it is, which they can do that by showing that they're here to learn and that they're here to develop as a coach. So making sure when there is something you don't know that you don't just pass them along and say, hey, why don't you go ask Duesh that question, but go along with the client, ask Duesh the question together and make it a learning moment for everybody. So that the next time you're asked that same question, now you have a confident answer and you know how to explain that exercise or answer whatever it may be. But just showing that you're in it to learn and to develop along the way can help gain the trust from the clients. Yeah, I like that. And I, I can definitely see where some of our interns can be intimidated by some of our clients, right? Because they're even like, wow, that client knows how to do a kettlebell swing better than I do, <laughs> right? So that that's daunting for them, right? Uh, Duesh, what do you think? Yeah, what um, yeah, what I would add to Jonah is um, what I, what I usually try to get them to be comfortable with early on is kind of the, the human and the person aspect of things. Um, like I always tell every intern group, like it's not okay to call clients dude and man to start initiating conversation. Like go up, learn every person's name. Once you can confidently speak to them via name, you can have conversations, whole conversations. Then you're probably going to start earning that human trust before you start earning the trust as an intern strength conditioning coach that can actually help you with exercise, right? So that's kind of like phase one, first and foremost. Like if you don't know names, don't go attempt to coach them, right? Um, and especially in our semi-private model where like, you know, you're not stuck coaching one person. You could be coaching 20 people in one hour. Right. So that's, that's super important. And then the other aspect of helping them integrate a little bit is, um, and I know you guys do this in the, in the PT side too, but teaching them systems early on. Um, like Jonah said, everyone's going to come in with different skill sets early on. We don't know what one strength in turn versus another one is going to look like from a skill and knowledge standpoint. So it's our responsibility to teach them our systems early on that gets them equipped to start trying to be a coach. So the first week we do like a big on-ramp period where we teach them all of our basic systems teach them everything from like how to foam roll to, you know, all of our like ramp and warm up exercises and, you know, our structure behind it. And then we'll slowly start getting them a little bit more advanced throughout our weekly in-services of teaching them our speed agility power concepts, uh, teaching them our, you know, basic movement patterns and strength concepts. And then all this kind of builds upon itself by, you know, doing formal education sessions and then challenging them on a daily basis of coaching, but also having conversations, you know, on the coaching floor and, you know, asking them to, start conversation and you know square up questions for conceptual things that they should be learning on weekly in services or you know con ed stuff that they should be doing outside 
Awesome. Yeah. Great stuff. And then I, I think the only thing I would add to kind of just like wrap this up and this kind of goes with Joan and Duesh with some of our like, you know, more veteran people, like another technique, I guess you can call it that we do at champion is um, especially with our veterans is we'll have like the students and I, or the students and the physical therapist kind of like alternate sets with either manuals or even evaluation techniques where I do it, they do it. And then we get the patient's input. Right. And there's two things that I think have happened psychologically here is I do think it's important and it helps train the students. I say like, okay, how'd that feel? Did that feel similar to mine? What do you give some feedback? Right. And our, our veteran patients, I wouldn't do this on an evaluation, obviously. Right. That's that, this, that seems a little like, like the wrong move, but with our veteran patients, they almost take ownership in it. They're like, I'm helping this person like get better. Right. And then they never answer at the end, say like, Oh no, that was terrible. And they, they always, they help calibrate them. And they say, no, that was amazing. And what the student does is they do get some feedback, but more importantly is like the, the patient is saying, this is how I, this is right. This feels good. Right. So it, it just, it's a psychological thing. I think sometimes that they take a little ownership in that development of the, of the student as well. And they're like, and they always step back and say like, yeah, that was great. They're doing a great job. Right. And then the confidence goes through the roof. It's a great environment. So, you know, something to kind of think about. So anyway, I, I think that was a really good episode. I think that was really helpful. Um, hopefully for the students too, because maybe, maybe you can go into a, a clinical setting, you know, with some of that knowledge, you know, behind your back a little bit too. And you can, you can almost like try to do some of those techniques yourself if, if your CI maybe isn't doing that. But I think it's always important to, you know, try to get as comfortable and as safe, uh, uh, as quickly as you can with people just, just to make sure that they, they feel confident that they're in the right hands. I think that's the key. So awesome. Great question, Mark. I appreciate it. If you have a question like that, head to micron.com and please, uh, head to Apple, Spotify, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. So you keep getting notifications when we drop new ones and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.